0: Hey everybody, it's Michael with the Grease Pilot Show, and uh, this is for all the podcasters out there that are listening to the show on podcast. Um, we do our show via YouTube, podcast, and all sorts of other channels. Um, and On this episode, we're going to have our first guest, and before I even roll into the actual podcast, I want to kind of uh, let you guys know we did have some sound difficulties about halfway through the podcast. I think it's around minute 22. The podcast is 40. 43 minutes 44 minutes long and around halfway uh, my sound the the special guest is Anthony my sound got cut out you can still hear me but it's a little faint and so I do apologize about that and uh, we'll uh, get it better on the next one but just a heads up uh, the sound will drop off if you just turn up your speakers a little bit more then you'll be able to hear both of us but there is an indifference in the sound volume so just be aware of that and uh on today's show, we're going to talk about how to start a flight school. And in today's show, we're going to talk about how to start a flight school. And we've got our first guest on the Grease Pilot Show and a special guest, Anthony Fowler, owner of U.S. Flight Co., a Midwest-based flight school. And today's to, kind of, kind <clears> of, <throat> excuse me, he's going to kind of help us. Uh, figure out what it takes to start a good flight school, and we're going to talk about um, what it takes and how to serve the student and uh, things like how much money does it take, where do you want to start one, um, the challenges faced, what the day-to-day is like, and like I said, uh, what it's like to serve the customer because ultimately a successful flight school requires that you get in front of the customer and serve the customer. And so today we're going to talk about that. but. Uh, before we go into that, I'd like to welcome Anthony to the show. Welcome to the show, Anthony.
1: Yeah, good morning, Michael. Thanks for having me. Excited yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah, it should be a good one. So uh, let's right away, let's just jump into your history. So uh, yeah. give a quick plug. I know I go on about my history, but uh, Anthony's not a big talker, which is great. Um, but he, he's going to share his knowledge with us. He's pretty humble, though. But why don't you give us a quick plug on your history? yeah how you got to where you're at today sorry
1: yeah so uh i <laughs> always wanted to be a pilot you know from as long as i can remember uh but uh it was, it was the money thing was a big struggle for me so i uh, actually ended up going to college first for for amp school uh got my mechanical license uh did the avionics program as well while i was in college and uh my first job was out at duncan aviation doing avionics and corporate jets uh did that for a little while uh worked at a couple small shops uh, where I ended up actually working with Michael at Winterset Aviation uh, for for two or three years. Um, then the opportunity came up uh, to where I was able to actually purchase the, the business for Michael. Um, he's moving on to bigger things, and uh, <laughs> kinda, everything just kind of lined up for me. So uh, so it was, it was a great opportunity Thanks for, for that, me. thanks for that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a really good opportunity. I was always kind of entrepreneur-spirited, spirit, um, so when the opportunity came up, it was just a no-brainer for me to, to take advantage of it. Um, ran that when, for...
0: When you say entrepreneur spirit, because uh, some people may be wondering, what should they start a business? What kind of person should start a business? Sure. And when you say you had an entrepreneur spirit, tell us before you even owned a business the type of things that uh, kind of gave you the sign that you were an entrepreneur kind of guy.
1: Uh, yeah. So I, <laughs> I always always had a side hustle, you know, all the way back. Even when I was in high school, I had a eBay business, you know, kind of selling some stuff on on eBay. Um, I was always trying to
0: yeah, the juicer thing. I know head, sold yeah, You'd sold everything websites, from, from juicers, websites. You know, the hustles, right? Yeah, I was always always hustling. always
1: hustling, doing doing something to try and uh, make more, uh, get get away from the job, you know. Right. Uh, ultimately, was the the drive. Um, so yeah, so when that opportunity came up, it was, it was you know nothing. It couldn't have had a better opportunity fall into my lap. So sure so jumped on that um and kind of backing up a little bit you know on the the flying side um started flying while i was in college uh at P school uh but i finished up out in nebraska and it was uh it was a journey um you know when i i went through several instructors trying to find the the right instructor the guy that i knew i wanted to learn from <clears throat> um and i found the the, the guy had been flying for a long time uh had a lot of experience knew that's who i wanted to learn how to fly from um so i started taking lessons with him and uh you know, it's thirty thirty five hours in or so, and I was about to just give up and quit because I, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, um, and we're just kind of repeating a lot of lessons. We were not really at thirty
0: five hours. You weren't where you're supposed to be. Yeah,
1: I wasn't. I wasn't near near being complete. You know, I just I, just, I felt like I didn't see the end. I, I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't know. You know, was I even going to get to the end? Was I going to get my license, or was I just throwing money out the door? You know, um, and it was because he didn't have any structure. So it's every time
0: well, I... you're hold on let's talk about your let's finish up your history sure sorry i didn't mean yeah to interrupt no you're
1: you. good we, uh yeah back sorry we'll go back to that
0: uh he was talking about is we're gonna we're gonna hit that up on the later yeah. on the podcast uh about the journey of him sure. getting his pilot's license because honestly serving the customers a big deal so uh let's just sorry yeah I mean, yeah so finish up your history yeah so, no, so winter City aviation so, <coughs> so after i
1: purchased that um i ran that for i think it was three years uh before uh, before Michael called me up and uh, said, let's start a flight school, you know. That's yeah. <laughs> so literally how it came up. I said <laughs> at lunch one day, and he called me and great. said, uh, you know, we need to start a flight school. And, um, and I, was, I was a little hesitant, but he's like, you know, if we do it in the right location, uh, with enough demand, we can make it work.
0: And the whole thing with that was um, I, had, I went out to Colorado and worked for a flight school. I had opened a flight school before I talked to Anthony talked to, to opening one with, with me. Um, and it was kind of a failure, uh, and there's a lot of reasons why. Which you know, in the we don't have time to talk about. It. I could talk forever about it, but long story short, the big reason was it wasn't in a metro. That's the big reason I yeah. think for me. And uh, there was it was in rural Iowa. So uh, I had started a flight school, then went out to Colorado. Anthony purchased the business, the shop from me, the aircraft maintenance shop. Uh, me and my family moved out to Colorado. I worked for a, fi- a flight school out there that was successful, a bigger flight school, 30 planes, um, and just kind of like a 91 uh, school. It looked like something that we could do, and uh, the owner looked happy, he was making money, which is, you know, at a certain point, I think flight schools don't make money, because right. the margins yeah. are small, they're tight. Yeah. But like, he made it over that fulcrum to where now he's really making cash, and he, he was savvy, he ran the shop, so he did the maintenance on the planes, but. Long story short, I talked him into it because I went out there and saw one working and I saw the insides of a flight school. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we uh so we launched the flight school. We bought uh we started with one plane. Um, and uh started that in I think it was July twenty nineteen. Um, and it uh the first month was, you know, rough but we it was flying. We yeah, got students pretty I much can't. right away, but it was uh it was
0: almost like uh a lot of discovery flights and like one-time yes. things at the right. beginning, right? Yep. The just first, figuring it all month, out, yeah, you just, know? All, yeah, a lot like of literally time we probably had thirty out, 20 or 30 hours in like one-time yeah. flights.
1: Right, it was. That's what it was. <laughs> that first month was just uh, almost all discovery flights. And then, uh, you know, but it, it just kept growing. And it started getting momentum month two, month three. Um, we were cash flow positive. Um, and then from there we added planes, added locations, uh, built it out throughout the Midwest. Um, and just, it just kind of just took off.
0: really. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, let's, your history's wrapped up. Started as a mechanic. <laughs> uh, went to flight school while you were getting your mechanics license, right? Yep. Uh, kind of your journey to become a pilot we're going to talk about here shortly. Um, obviously I know you, uh, worked for me. I, uh, hired you on as a mechanic and Anthony was, uh, my best employee. We had a small shop, so it's not like we had a lot of employees, but, uh, he uh, ended up buying the company from me, um, so then we—that's kind of how we became. Uh, we got to know each other before we started a flight school, and that helps if you're partnering. Right, absolutely. We knew each other because we worked alongside each other in the shop, and that's why I felt comfortable starting a uh, partnership with him, and vice versa. Yep. So uh, then, um, running the shop, started the flight school. Okay, now today, what's today? Uh, how's it? What's your? How's what are you today? thinking about for today? What's the school uh, like? Yeah. What is your uh, What are you doing today?
1: Yeah. So uh, the school's good. Uh, we're still flying a lot. We're hiring new instructors. Uh, get, getting different planes in, uh, more planes. Um, so it's going good. We're we're growing. We're we're still doing it. Uh, but my my focus is bigger than just just running a, a local school. You know, I really want to help pilots kind of nationwide because uh, there's a lot of issues in the flight training industry, and I'm I'm trying to help solve those issues.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So yes, that's going to segue into our next topic. I'm going to look at the clipboard here to make sure we're on topic here for you guys uh, we went over his history um, key points of starting a flight school in here there's going to be where we talk about serving the customer and we'll listen we'll hear uh anthony's story of becoming a pilot and how he serves his customers in the flight school world but real quick let's uh, talk about <clears throat> let's just hit up the capital needed to start a flight school so i got that on the list um, yeah, so like when yeah. we started it, I think it was um, we both probably we did one plane. That plane right. was forty thousand dollars. Yeah, I know we bought it for forty. It was a one seventy two. Yeah, and I think we got a loan that was like ten, fifteen percent down or something. Yeah, we I don't, each put like five or ten in. Didn't yeah, I think we, at we, the each, we each put. <clears> it,
1: uh, I think we each put ten. Was, we each put ten in, and uh, out of that 10, out of that twenty thousand well, total. Didn't. Um, Really, most of it didn't go to the plane. I think we got the plane with, with very little down, uh, but the insurance we had to pay for the the first year insurance. Right. Uh, and that was at the time it was, it was like five thousand. Um, and then the deposit on our facility right. uh, where we rent space from.
0: Um, office some basic yeah. stuff. I mean, like our first very basic, yeah, very basic. Basically, a chair, a desk, and, <laughs> which they supplied. A, a, our first office, office was right. shared with at uh, Signature Flight Support. Right in the line guys like we're like hey you got office space and this is at the des moines airport and uh they're like they hadn't seen a flight school in a long time we picked a good location by the way that's one key to success but we were in an office in the back with the line guys it was literally like the where they don't want to show the public it's like this (laughs) hidden office in the corner uh like uh we had a desk share in a room we didn't have our own room and that's all we started with was a desk a chair a poster that said uh it was Fly kdsm at that right. time yeah and uh that's the name of the company it's now all u.s flight co but that that was branded as you or fly kdsm and um that school was so uh major upfront cost you got the plane which 15 to 20 percent is a kind of a standard down payment banks are going to ask that from you so we each put five to ten thousand in at the beginning, and. Um, like he said, we got the plane, so we paid the down payment on the plane, we paid for our insurance, which was four dollars or $5,000, then we, um, sorry, my dog's here too, and uh, he's he's whining, but uh, um, what else did we say, oh, rent, the, the deposit, rent, yep, deposit for the rent, so getting started with the flight school, I think we were in 10 to 15 would be a safe number, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Ten to 15,000 invested in the flight school, and there are other ways to do it cheaper. But if you're looking to get a one plane, one location, you know, uh, that's kind of what we think you're going to need to get started. Yeah. Uh,
1: I would say, <clears> after <throat> doing the other locations, um, if you've got the capital, if you could start with two planes, it, it does help your image a lot. Um, it'll help you look a lot right. more l- legitimate. With- Customers come in when they see one plane. They're kind of like, oh, "What is
0: this?" I think yeah. the reason why it worked out in Des Moines is, dude, there was no schools. Yeah, there, there, there we, wasn't another. There option. was no option. Yeah. So yeah. another thing for success is, like <laughs> Anthony said, get two planes, or uh, a couple combinations. Get two planes is always preferred, but obviously that's more capital. But another thing is pick the right location. You know, go right. if you go into a place where they they need a flight school, uh, you know, one plane's enough. Because that's what we did, and it, it, worked. Right, it worked. So it worked, yeah. Um, got anything else on the capital?
1: Uh, no, uh, outside of, you know, try and, try and uh, find a good banker. You know, don't just go with the, a big bank necessarily. If you can go with local bank, uh, build a relationship with the banker, it's going to help you a lot in the long run.
0: Yeah, because you're going to want to go back to him That was key. I, Anthony established a relationship with a guy, a small-town banker, and he literally got to the point where he was just, no money down we just, right. just hey, anthony we need called them and yep. said hey we need another plane and the guy authorized us the funds to get a plane yeah and that's how we grew it to like an eight plane uh fleet in like a year and a half right and we're not we don't this is we're blue-collar guys you know mechanics so right. like we, we don't we have any investment we hustled we grinded and i thought that was pretty good you know we're buying a plane every couple months yeah, three for a months. while there
1: was, but yeah, about every three months we're for, and putting in yeah.
0: five ten thousand in a company. I was pleased with it. It was a lot of hard work, but all right. So let's move on, so we can not take all day on this podcast. Uh, we we gotta keep moving here. So where to start? One, we won't go over that because we talked about it. Go so, if you want to start one at your local airport, and it's got a lot of uh, flight schools based at it. I can tell you right now that our success when I was partnering with him on this on these flight schools was. Uh, if he didn't have, if we didn't have the SEO capability that Anthony worked on, then we wouldn't be able to compete in the Kansas City, the St. Paul, Des Moines, those right. locations. We wouldn't have, like, we just got to the top spot. And so if you're going, location, what I'm saying is, if you are going to, the best location is one that needs a flight school, first of all. Uh, so if you are going to a place that has a lot of competition, your your number one focus needs to be getting on the top of Google, ranking number one organically Map pack uh and you know we can talk about that later on that's not a time you know we we can do future episodes on marketing but uh that's key so if you're going to a big airport make sure you focus big time on the uh, internet because i got to say that that's probably what what made us grow
1: yeah i mean that... they just come <clears throat> in like clockwork yeah that first uh <clears throat> Gosh, the first at least six months. I don't think we spent a dollar in ads. It was was all (laughs) all organic, uh, Google SEO, um, link link building, link building, uh, getting your websites. When people are searching for flight schools, they you know they're gonna find you. It's all search marketing.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, reading a little bit about Google and how it works, and if you're brand new to it, if you're starting, you're gonna wanna invest in that. So, um, okay. I've got a couple more things before we go into uh, serving the customer, how to serve the customer. Uh, Maintenance. You know, me and... uh, We started a flight school because we were... One reason why we started it, and I convinced Anthony to start or partner with him on a flight school, was we're both mechanics. And obviously a big cost is maintenance. Today we kind of have different opinions about it, I think, about doing your own maintenance on the flight school just because now we do being mechanics, we want to fix everything. We want to upgrade everything. We are spending most of our time in the shop, working on the planes, you know, seeing people work on our planes, overseeing it. And so it's a blessing and a curse because I think we have saved money. Absolutely. But at the same time, we've uh, spent a lot of time on maintenance that we could have spent on maybe opening more locations, hiring more flight schools working Marketing. on a career program yeah. earlier, yeah. you know, we, yeah. he's got a career pro- program right now for his school, but that didn't come till heck. I was almost, uh, I got out of the school because I was starting a family and Anthony said, wait till you get a kid. It's really going to change your life. And he was right. <laughs> so, uh, I had to take yeah. a break and I end up Anthony bought me out and he's, he's the hundred percent owner now, but I, you know, we, I helped him build it and he's still building. He's, he took it and now he's doing other things with it. But I would say that, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, coming back to the maintenance, uh, it's
1: it's definitely the biggest expense uh, for sure. You know, outside of maybe... you think it's
0: more than fuel? Yeah, it is definitely more <clears> than fuel. It is?
1: Um, I, I mean, it depends. As it depends of right now running. with ours, I mean, we're, we're running a little bit older planes be, because we have that, you know, the mechanic background. We're able to buy an older plane and, and fix it up and make it um, just as competitive as a, a newer plane. Um you know, but we're able to, to save a lot of costs there. So if you're buying a newer plane, you know, it's probably similar to fuel costs. It's 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 still probably going to be one of your biggest expenses uh, for sure. But, uh, and it just, just depends on how new of a plane you get on, on a lot of the stuff. But once you, with an older plane, once you put all the work into it, it's equivalent to a newer plane in my opinion, you know, because once you replace the parts, they're...
0: I mean, each plane that we got, know. and we, we ran... Same make, same model. I convinced Anthony to do that. Right. We bought a one seventy two yeah. uh at first and then if you look at the big flight schools, go ahead and take a look and uh see that they have a lot of the same plane, right? right? And I there's a big reason for it. And it's they you're able to exchange parts and uh, the training's much easier, your processes are all the same. So we recommend right. going one plane <clears throat> across the board. Of course, you know, like now there's TAA, uh that transition probably just before we got the school, but it used to be that you had to have a complex plane to get the commercial right. guys done. Yep. Now you can do TAA, so we don't even ha- never had a retract in the, yep, in the fleet. Yeah, never needed one. Piper Cherokees across the board bought these planes that needed work, right? Because we that's what we could afford. And uh, Anthony had an avionics background, and we, you know, we tore the planes apart and upgraded them over time, and to this day he's still upgrading them. So that's right. it's a ble- the maintenance is a blessing and a curse because. Yep.
1: No matter what, the the best thing you can do is 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 bring the maintenance in house. Because if you're paying a, a shop retail, I mean, depending yeah. on the city you're in, you're you're paying a hundred, hundred and twenty an hour. Uh, this is for 2022 prices, by the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, not, that's only going to go up as as the right. demand for mechanics and shops goes up. Um, but if you're paying a hundred, anywhere near a hundred an hour for your your maintenance, it's it's it makes it pretty difficult to to turn a profit pretty quick. So. Um, you know, even if you're paying a, 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 subcontractor to do some maintenance, you know, at half the price, if your airport allows that, that's a, a good way to go. Um, but yeah. Which is
0: why Phalanx was born. If you're, uh, out there yeah. and looking for mechanics, check out phalanxaviation.com. Uh, we have nationwide mobile mechanics and that's why it was, it was pretty much came about because, right. uh, it, we thought maybe it would support the school and Phalanx was around before, but long story short, when Anthony's saying, uh, you know i was right alongside them when we were doing the maintenance we opened remote locations and we didn't want to go to kansas city we weren't going to go to kansas city work on the planes and as mechanics we wouldn't we didn't want to pay okay. retail sh- ma- prices right right and we did pay retail like whip air up in minnesota yeah, we pay Paul them Dick for a little bit i don't even know in kansas city we used uh, uh a couple retail shops like the Static. we had the to get done Static, we still do um, and then I think yeah. we may have had one or two times where we used them. But we end up finding our in-house mechanics, like he said. Uh, we pay them half, you know, our mechanics were, are making 50 bucks an hour, which is half of retail. So to the mechanic they're making, we're paying the mechanics 50 And that's great money for an A&P mechanic working on piston aircraft. I mean, we get guys, airline guys, like, hey, I want to do this, you know. it's Right. It's a great gig. Uh, it's a side gig, too. You know, we don't need maintenance all the time, so we end up getting a lot of mechanics on the roster, and we're able to call them up and have them come out and help us out. But to, to echo Anthony's point, if you're going to pay retail maintenance cost on your flight school, uh, we saw slim profit margins as a school. I don't know. Like, you can do it, but your rate's got to be higher. you got to right. be able to... Uh, account for it because there's a lot of hidden costs in the flight school world yeah it, I mean, cre- uh, it creeps up on you and the,
1: and the cost is only one side of that you have the the downtime too if you if you're going to a business, they're not prioritizing sh- shop, you yeah, yeah they're not going to prioritize especially if you a negotiate
0: a reduced rent because you're going to come back right like there are a uh, shortage of shops so i mean yeah. i think that's going to be pretty hard to yeah cut yeah the deal
1: so, so in-house maintenance I, I think that's critical to you know maybe you don't have to month one like out of the gate but that should be your priority in that in your first three months
0: for sure yep Cool. Okay, so uh, let's go and roll into serving the customer because as a flight okay. school, you know, like uh, you got to serve the customer. I mean, if, if there was one thing to make your school successful, I think the biggest thing is getting in front of the customer and then serving the customer. Sure, yep. Any business. Yeah. I don't care yeah, if you're running really. a dumpster business or a flight school. <laughs> you yeah. have to have customers. You have to have money coming doors. Right. door. So let's talk about... Uh, How you serve the customer and where you're gonna go with that
1: yeah so that's kind of going back to to when I got my license Um, so I kind of touched on it earlier but basically um, I was flying with this this guy after I went through a few instructors found a guy I wanted to fly with that had a lot of experience Um, and I was just kind of I felt like I was wasting money though and and a lot of people have the same experience we get students all the time coming into the school that are like yeah I've got 20 hours but I you know I haven't soloed yet I don't really know what I need to do um and it's because a lot of these these instructors and schools they don't have a system that they're following they just kind of have it in their head and they think uh we're just going to go fly we're going to get you through it you know but they don't have a checklist they don't have a system um or any they don't know what they're doing you know or what they should be focusing on they're just kind of going out and randomly flying around
0: cfis when they are done to get your cfi you have to do a simple uh sample lesson plan right right but like i don't think there's a lot uh in like efficiency of teaching a student um it's more of like i don't know i don't have my cfi so yeah it's uh, comments but like yeah yeah we've please gotten do a lot of cfis that you know green cfis zero hours and teaching wise they can't teach yet they right don't know how to teach you know and i know the cfi is supposed to be like the light the license is to a license to teach
1: Right, but, but they don't really. It they, takes them some time. It's it bare. Time. It's bare minimum on, on the actual teaching strategies that they they require you to learn to, to get the CFI, unfortunately. Um, but but it's just kind of like uh, you know if they just knew exactly what to do for the lesson and prepared for the lesson, it would totally change. But a lot of these sixty one instructors, uh, Part sixty one is, is what they these guys fly under. Um, they just uh, they they think they're. I don't know if it's like an attitude thing. You know, like like we've had CFIs come in where they're like, I don't need to follow that system. I, I know what we're going to go do. Right. Um, and it always results in the same thing. It results in these these private pilots. And maybe the they get their... Yeah, the ultimate. student suffers. They, they might get their license, but it takes them a lot longer. No, you know? Thousands
0: more dollars later, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah, $200 an hour. If it takes you another 20 hours, it's, you know, a couple thousand dollars pretty quick. So um so that's why we've we've really uh spent a lot of time putting together a curriculum refining it making sure it's easy to follow both for the instructor and the student um so that way everyone knows exactly you know what's expected for the lesson what they're going to go do um and and what they got to ultimately do to keep progressing towards the license so it's all a system that they're tracking progress um knowing what to do and 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 moving forward
0: uh if you're interested in that system, check out US Flight Cooks. Because I think you're working on getting it uh, to go nationwide—a system that a student can take to the CFI, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the the next step. Like the I love doing the, the flight school, and that's. Uh, but I know this this problem is nationwide, so like I want to help solve that issue for everybody. You know, not not just in our local markets. Uh, so yeah, so I'm making a system that literally the student can buy before their first flight. They can show up. Um, They'll show up with, to the instructor, and, and literally, if you, if you take the system to a school and you follow the system, you're going to have the instructors fighting over you because they're going to know you're serious. They're going to know um, you're dedicated to yep. the training, which is, which is an issue. You know, a lot of students that come in, they kind of, kind of want to do it, but they're not really that serious about it, sure. and the instructors kind of, you know, they don't like flying with those guys as much. So if you follow the system, the instructors are going to fight over you. Um, you're, going qualif- <laughs> you're going to be able to qualify the instructor. You know, you're right. going to be able to a ask one. them the right questions, you know, is is this guy organized is he serious yeah how many how many how many pilots does he train? yeah Yeah. 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 is he is he only going to be around for a month or is he going to be gone um and then uh uh the last part if i can remember here um is uh you're going to be able to save a lot of money ultimately in your training because you're going to know exactly what you have to do um and and where you're at in your training as you're going through it
0: so yeah the system is uh designed to make the student kind of take control of the future of their future and right that i can you know, Anthony developed that after I left the school, but I know, like, when I was sitting there alongside him running the school, that I can't tell you how many times students came in the doors and they, you know, not, not, it's not their problem, but they're, they don't really know. It's their first time getting into aviation, right? They have no so idea. Kinda, yeah. They don't know what to do. They're just going to listen. They're going to trust the CFI. And CFI's, we're not dogging CFI's like. We right. know that they are needed, but we're just issue. We're addressing a problem that we've seen in our school, and we know it's nationwide. Um, Colorado, the school I worked at, same thing. You know, it was like uh, yep. we had students coming in. They had students coming in that just didn't. They weren't. They didn't. They weren't. They didn't know what to do next. They didn't have a roadmap. The CFI just kind of threw it all together, and they went, and that cost them hundreds, not thousands, a lot of times dollars. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, this system is going to help. It's going to make the the student in charge. They're going to take charge in right. the future. It's going to lay out step by step what you need to have done. You bring that to the CFI. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's going to help out a lot, and I hope it's going to it's going to save some time. And yeah, money.
1: and, and uh, for the people that are looking at starting a flight school, um, it's a perfect system for them as well because um, there are you know syllabuses out there, but uh, to get a CFI to follow any of the you know the syllabuses out there is really difficult because they make them so complicated. You, gotta, right. you like, got to you this. 10 pages on how page how to yeah there's a huge manual on how to, on how to do it and then you have this complex grading system where you got a one through ten on each task and uh, the CFIs don't want to do that they're just not going to do that
0: there's a reason why the biggest <clears> school <throat> in the world doesn't I'm not going to drop that name but you'll up to you to figure out the biggest school <laughs> flight school in the world uh, is uh, kind of got a pretty uh, very similar 61 system. structure yep. check little checklist don't get too crazy with it right know? let's make sure we meet the standards and move on and we're not uh, you know there's many ways to teach but we're telling you from a flight school operator standpoint you know we've seen thousands of hours come through our school flight time tons of pilots coming out of our school and we've seen we're not we are AMPs, IA's pilots we're not CFI's but we can tell you that we've seen data and we've got a right. lot of data from right going through our school to show that if the student comes prepared they're gonna win Yes. save time. Right. I think that system's going to be cool. So that's... that's yeah, yeah. We, we've
1: had students uh, literally... You, know, uh, you
0: can tell right away when the student comes in. I mean... Yes. No, you're fine. Time. Yeah. Right when the student comes in, you know, you can tell if they're going to get their license on time or not because the yes. want to educate themselves first. Right. The Take that school. initiative. Yeah. Yep. They know yep. where to get the medical. They... Uh, maybe they have their medical. Right. They know what IACR is. They know, like, how many hours they need, the, the yep. standard they. And they have the money saved up. You know, they they just know. And then you got the guys who, like, it's like they were on their couch surfing the web. And they're like, oh, I want to take a discovery flight. They come out and do a discovery flight. And nothing against that. But then those are the guys that, yeah, I, I want to do it, but there's no planning. And they end up taking 60, 70, 80, yeah. 100 hours yeah. to get their private. Several years. You know, $20,000 yeah. in, $30,000 in. I, I don't know. I can't tell you who the most, the highest time guy was, but.
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh
0: I think I, I I know of a guy who took over a hundred hours, but he was stopping right. the other guy yep. in the first flight school that I had. Um I think it was or no, it was Ron. You remember Ron? Yeah, Ron?
1: yeah, fly, he was yeah. flying with uh not not one of any one of our schools, he was yeah, flying sorry. with uh it was kinda uh, something that we saw that uh, on bill, the bill, but yeah, he, I think he was like hundred and fifty or <laughs> or hundred and seventy yeah. hours and yeah, he just wasn't he wasn't focused on it. That was his his Best issue. Step,
0: yeah, no, and we're not dogging anybody we're just telling you what we saw and trying to help it so um, yeah yeah uh, would, anything else on serving the customer i mean that's, yeah uh that's his school yeah it's so as, as sure. the
1: the school you, you got to have a system it's got to be easy to follow the, the simpler it is the better but it's still got to make sure that the people are doing what they're supposed to do and uh, uh that's the you know as long as you're you've got a system in place that helps that customer get from point a to point b um, then you're gonna you're gonna be doing a lot better than most schools out there rather than just having people yeah. come in and go fly and waste money so
0: right and uh, if you're looking for a turnkey system, check u s flight co out I mean, yeah. he's gonna he's he's got it online there he's it's gonna help you out so it'd be a good thing to look into if you're confused on where to start but uh yeah, I mean like I always say at phalanx uh, and with anything that I worked on is like the customer experience is, is key. Uh, to anything. And um, to get money in the door for your company, you got to provide value. And uh, so a system like Anthony's can help make the student um, have a good experience, ultimately, not only save the time, but just uh, for me, when I got my pilot's license, I can tell you that I wanted it so bad that I had I made my own little system. Sure, yeah. And just had my own. I took 61 out, made a checklist, FAR 61, literally copied it on a piece of paper and had little check boxes. Yeah. And yeah. every time I flew, I added, tallied up my hours and so okay, I can check that back box off. And uh, just that's that's how structured it was for me and um, right and
1: and that's what uh when I was going through my pilot training I was so frustrated that's that was my turning point when I did that same thing I took that I figured out what are what are the requirements and I I said okay this is what I've got to do and I started focusing on it and then all of a sudden you know yeah you know a month or two later I had my license and started knocking it out
0: and before we even go any further 41 and 61 he runs a 61 school or 141 versus 61 we both got our licenses under the 61 program oh. and what we're talking about is there's FARs and some of you know this but for those of you that don't uh, the regulation we're talking about is 61 is FAR 61 are the rules that lay out uh, what it takes to get your private pilot's license right and all licenses if you're doing it under 61 and in there they have hey you need uh 40 hours total time, uh, long cross country. You need to do three landings at a towered airport without an instructor. It just tells you very defined what you need to do to get your uh, pilot's license. So um, in his system, he's got that checklist right out of the 61 in there. So makes it simple, makes it easy.
1: Yep. And there's uh, just adding on that a little bit, we've also got another checklist too. Um, So there's uh, another part of 61 that's there's aeronautical experience and then there's the, the knowledge, what I call aeronautical knowledge part. Um, and in there, we have a double check system where both the, the student and the instructor have to sign off saying that, instructor saying that, hey, we, we taught this knowledge to you. And then you as a student would, would sign off or your your student in this case would sign off saying, yes, I've, I've learned this and I'm comfortable with it. Because that was another problem I faced when I did finally get my license. I didn't have, I lacked a lot of the knowledge side of it. So I wasn't Super confident and comfortable actually using my license right. and going places. So that's so it's kind of two big problems we're trying to tackle with with one system.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, so serving the customer, we'll kind of wrap that up by just um, if you're starting a flight school, make sure you uh, are serving your customer. You know, if you don't get if they don't get their license, then that's their mission. They're coming to the doors trying to get their license, right. so support that. Yep. Think of them. Uh, adopt a system like Anthony's uh, that is very simple easy to follow kind of the student can take control and um, if you do that your your chances of success are, are much higher because uh, if you're in it for yourself if you know the, it's it's pretty evident when an instructor is um, in it kind of for themselves you know like just trying to build time it make yeah. doesn't make time for the student the yeah. pre the pre and post flight briefings are short and th- that's the uh, and I, we're, we'll get over this topic, but I keep thinking of things in the school. And I'm just like,
1: I'm yeah, it's a big topic.
0: That, yeah, I'm realizing that, uh, you know, it's not and I, I never blame anybody because I'm not in the situation, but we've seen it. And so the CFI, he needs to build time, you know, and that's his mission to build time. Most guys aren't in the CFI slot to uh, some guys are doing it part time for fun, but most guys are <clears throat> doing it to build time. And if they're building time, you know, they want the hours in the seat. They don't want to talk to you as much. A lot of guys are this way. Right. Not everybody, but you'll find this a lot. So if you feel like your CFI is rushing you or doesn't have time for you, you're going to a big school, then, another, you know, like a system like Anthony's, a similar one where you take control as the student, is gonna it's going to save you a lot of time and money. So uh, create value for your students. Offer a simple system to follow. Um, let's see. I got, uh, I got on here, best parts, worst parts. Let's finish with that. Oh uh, man. This yeah. This is running a flight school. Best parts, worst parts.
1: Best parts. Uh, for me, the best parts are, uh, when I see students succeed. Um, when I see a student pass a check ride first solos, uh, you know, I, most of the instructors send me a picture when a student solos, that kind of thing. Yep. And, uh, no matter where I am, I see that picture and it's just, it's awesome. It's an incredible right. feeling. You know, it's, I, yeah, I've got. I'm playing a really industry. small part in it, mm-hmm. but uh, it's super rewarding for me. So that's that's yeah, definitely sure that, the best part. Like
0: out of the how many flight schools are there? A Couple thousand.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I should uh, know that number. Not that many yeah, there's schools, not a lot.
0: And uh, so everyone does a little part to help in. Like right, right. now, I mean, right. the pilot shortage is so out. It's oh, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, and so yeah. With mechanics, it's like so. I mean, small schools like uh, U.S. Flight Corps uh, just helping contribute to that. So. Yeah, oh, that was the best part. Yeah, what's Wor- the worst part?
1: Worst part, uh, <laughs> employees, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and there was a uh, uh, an entrepreneur that uh, that we both actually served. Uh, you know, he 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 told me, oh, my grandpa always said when I started that uh, employees are going to be your biggest headaches, um, and they are, you know, and and you can't do it without the employees. So I super grateful for the guys that, that help out and everything. Um, so I'm not not dogging on that way, yeah. but. But trying to keep people on track, make sure people are following the processes, uh, because we're humans. Humans, right. uh, they get off track. They start kind of developing their own ways of doing things, um, you know. And, and a lot of times, as a as an entrepreneur, business owner, that ends up costing you money if you're not uh, keeping tabs yeah, on it. in so. the
0: world, I mean, like uh, the, the margins are tight. I say the margins are five, ten percent at best, you know. And right. So like with tight margins on stuff like that every little bit, you know, an employee kind of wasting, burning the clock, it, it really hurts the school. It does. Like, um, I can, you know, when I was with you, even in the shop having employees, it's some people do good working with people and some people don't. I mean, like I didn't mind having employees until they, until it like burned up the finances. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're they're necessary. You need them. We had,
1: uh, we had one guy that, uh, there was a student having a check ride, in a, and it was in another city where the the pilot examiner was. Um, so the instructor thought he could ferry the plane oh, for okay. the for yeah. the student to I mean, for the student to go this. do his check ride and and not charge the student for it. And he, yes, yeah, you, so so, you know, so you know, and it, know, it was like Tony's a guy, yeah, it was like an hour hour flight there and back, and uh, it was like you know, you got the gas, you got the, the maintenance and everything on that. So it was like no, got, we can't just yeah, move planes not. around for free. You know, it's just little stuff like that. You know, it's just randomly it pops up you know people get a wild wild idea and uh, And I gotta be honest with
0: you any business is gonna have uh, right it's not like getting I think a lot of people think that getting in a business means that you're gonna be your own boss you're gonna have this glorious life and right uh, yeah that does come I think if you do it right yeah yeah work hard at it but like there's a lot of things you got to work hard at and one of them if you want to build a big company and have employees you got to work with the people yep and um so like I could say you know the worst part Working with people is good, and some days it's not. Um, so uh, it's funny that you said that it's the employees because yeah. uh, it's a, it's I it's know a, you need them and yeah, I know it's you a critical uh, like part. them but like it, absolutely it does suck when uh, things aren't on the tracks and you know right. we're all deviating from the plan. You
1: know? Right, and, and ultimately it's uh it's all worth it in the end. Um, the the freedom you get, you know, yeah. when, when you can take a day off and come shoot a podcast with your friends, well, you know, it's yeah. like it's all right. <laughs> yeah, here's, the, here's the thing that gets me: it's so,
0: like all right, I sit there and think about. All right, and this is this is just me. Uh, I'm addicted to entrepreneurship. Not everybody is, but, like, once I got into it, I and same with Anthony. He said he was doing hustles this whole time. You know, right, whole yeah. life. And And uh, I don't know what turned for me when I wanted to become an entrepreneur in aviation, but when it did, it's like, uh, even when I failed, even when I fail, I just, it sucks. It sucks big time. It does. I still yeah. know, like, at the bottom of my heart, I'm just like, this is where I need to be. Yep. So I think it's one of those things that starting a company, you just kind of got to get in there. You got to do it. You're going to fail. It's going to happen. If you can make a – and I I talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts. My first podcast was doing what you love for an income. And I still think to this day that if you can make $50,000 a year doing what you love, that's better than making a million doing what you hate. And um, some people may argue that, but, like, at the end of the day – waking up and going and doing something that you love is worth so much it is it's worth yeah. so much freaking money yeah and um i always say like find what you love and then make the money afterwards
1: yeah and that's yep. kind of our, absolutely. our journey you know that's what we've yep. done
0: and um and i i'm not dissatisfied <clears throat> i mean everything i've got today is from aviation and right doing that so i'm i'm happy with it we got and we're young so yeah we got, yeah, we got time
1: ago. uh yeah i mean it's it's absolutely true i mean every day i'm, I'm at at the airport and you know, I'm walking out on the ramp, and there's Citation Jets and, and uh, golf streams and, and everything all around, you know. And it's just like, it's, you it's just cool know. You, you know, I just know it's where I need to be, where I'm supposed to yeah. be, you know, and I just love it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay, so with that, let's just, uh, you got anything else? What, you got uh-huh. any other thing you want to talk about? Uh, starting Navy, starting flight schools, that's the topic.
1: Starting flight schools, do it. Uh, we, we need more we need more pilots you know we there, there is a pilots. there is a real pilot shortage um and we need the guys that are willing to, to put it, put everything on the line to, to help solve the issue and
0: yeah and if you're thinking about uh if you're a student and you stumbled by this uh podcast check out us flight co if you're thinking about starting a flight school check out us flight co they've got a lot of good resources on how to start a flight school um and helping students out ultimately you know like uh so um and drop us a line, you know, drop yeah, us a... Yeah, absolutely. We, we want to hear... Uh, this is a newer podcast, but we're trying to be in uh, entrepreneurs in aviation, and I think there's not a lot of that. I talked about, like, how aviation is a small niche as it is, and then you talk about entrepreneurship or business owners in aviation, and that's a super small family. So, like, this probably won't be a big blow-up channel. I'm not expecting it to be. Right. But, like, if we can get people that are in the same boat, wanting to start uh, a company... In aviation then let us know like uh, leave a comment hit the like button hit the subscribe button let's keep the channel going and if uh, you know if if you're an entrepreneur out there and you want to come on the show let us know because we uh, we can do either a virtual or maybe we come down there and to your location and set up or you come up here and set up with us and we'll just interview you and talk about aviation aviation entrepreneurship so uh, with that th- hey, thanks for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me. this this is yeah this is um We tried doing this down at the shop. Right. It didn't (laughs) work. It was just like people everywhere. Yeah, in and out. Yeah, yeah, this is much better. Um, So thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Grease By Show.